0: As many of you know, my name is Jack Hur. I mention this because there had been another quite well-known Jack Hur in Ridgefield. I understand he was responsible for organizing the performance of military and other bands in town. When we first moved here, people would say, so you're Jack Hur? Aren't you the one responsible for all the fine music in our lovely town? Knowing no better, I would reply, why yes, I am. <laughs> After all, I sing in the choir here when I don't have a cold, and in several choral groups in town. I didn't know that I was so appreciated. And the confusion would continue. Well, the real Jack Hur died earlier this year, and so now there was only me. Rest in peace, Jack. Tom Carr and I, the co-chairs of your stewardship committee are speaking to you this morning to witness to the importance of St. Stephen's to each of us in its parish community and to the larger community in which we live. Tom and I continue to find our work on stewardship personally enriching. We hope it will also yield an abundant harvest for St. Stephen's. Last year, I spoke to you about several things, the power of giving in our lives, the importance of giving to our church and to its mission and work in the community, and the joy of giving as part first of a spiritual discipline and then eventually of one's worship and spiritual fulfillment. Giving, though, has perhaps an even more important role in continuing the great human faith experience and the threads of goodness we find woven through it. It forms the foundation of intergenerational sustenance to and growth of what we hold as great and good. I have reflected over the years on the work and discipline it takes to give financially in a way that balances corporal and spiritual well-being. This reflection has yielded what Mary Lou and I have judged to be a good and sustainable balance in our financial and spiritual lives. Each year when we have considered our giving to St. Stephen's we have always tried to set generous yet realistic giving goals and then tailor our living expenses to fit within those goals and our expected income. But after you're at the helm of stewardship with Tom and after a year on the vestry, and may I say that visioning has been an enlightening experience for me, I have come to appreciate that giving includes leaving to our children and to our children's children an enduring faith tradition. Mary Lou and I are fortunate that after the trials and tribulations of having lived in this imperfect world, we are converging on financial circumstances which we expect will sustain us comfortably for the balance of our careers and lives. We have a financial plan which will eventually yield a growing, albeit small, and we hope not inappreciable and not unappreciated financial legacy to our children. Our estate goals are simply are simple. First, minimize the hassle our children will have to endure in settling our affairs, and then within that, maximize the value of what we will leave them. So shouldn't that mean that we give less to our charities and put more away for our kids? No. We've come to realize that this value is not just represented in the money they will inherit. Our legacy transcends the wills which will be read in some lawyers' chambers. It extends to the institutions we leave behind, social, political, and yes, religious. We now believe that we hold the obligation to form and feed, now and in the future, the institutions which will be worthy of the time, talent, and treasure our children will invest as they raise families of their own. We want to leave our children institutions and traditions which will support their lives and deserve their engagement and commitment. What good are financial resources if there is nothing worthy of their use? So we now target our giving not just on the needs of our church today, but also on what we can do to make sure that it survives us, all of us, for future generations. In a few days, you will be receiving your pledge card if you haven't already, This year you will see we also included a form inviting you to update information about yourselves and your families. Please consider using this form to communicate information which has changed. In either either case though, please fill out the pledge card and bring it with the form if you wish with you to church on Consecration Sunday, Sunday, November 5th. We will celebrate and give thanks for our collective giving that day during the services and at a brunch after the the 10 a.m. service. Give abundantly and you will live abundantly. On the surface, a non sequitur perhaps, but looking deeply, we see that it's true, particularly if we understand living to transcend our own persons and our own lives. Please join your fellow parishioners in pledging financial support to your church for the coming year. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jack. Good morning. In this morning's gospel, we heard Jesus say, Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. Jesus's answer to the Pharisees truly was amazing. It's no wonder they left him and went away. How could they argue with him? The frustrating and at the same time freeing part of for the Pharisees and also for us is the apparent clarity, yet actual ambiguity of Jesus's words the emperor's stuff to the emperor, God's stuff to God, okay, that's clear. And to generalize worldly, our stuff versus godly, spiritual stuff. But what makes it challenging and less clear is the fact that we get to decide what's worldly and what's spiritual. God gave us free will, thought and reason So it's up to us to decide. Jesus knew that and is why he answered the way he did. The laws of the Old Testament were clear and unambiguous. Do this, this, and this, and don't do this, that, and the other thing. Jesus's teachings in the New Testament require more thought from us and perhaps a bigger heart. We have the capacity, but also the responsibility to decide what to do, what's right, and what's wrong. That's what Christianity, especially our particular form of it, challenges us to do. Sometimes faith and love are our only guides. It can be scary, which gets me to the stewardship message I want to deliver. The Stewardship Committee, working closely with Whitney, has done work over the the year to spread the word of the good works here at St. Stephen's. Over the past year, you have received emails, U.S. mail, witnessing from fellow parishioners, as you'll hear today from Jane. We've also communicated to many parishioners one-on-one about the importance of stewardship and the financial support of the parish through pledging. People have many different reasons for pledging and also for not pledging. A somewhat common theme underlying the decision not to pledge is fear. Fear of failing to complete their pledge or fear of making another commitment beyond all the myriad other financial commitments they already have. And I understand that fear. But what I have to offer in response is faith. If you believe in the mission of St. Stephen's and you believe in your heart that supporting St. Stephen's through pledging is the right thing for you to do, but you're afraid of the commitment, do it anyway. Somehow it will work out. Maybe by some kind of loaves and fishes miracle or some other divine intervention, but it will work out. And don't start at a level that makes you lose too much sleep at night. We're not asking you to do that. But I do ask that you start at some level. Do commit. Have faith. And a big heart. Amen. Amen.